Oh, oh man, that was a that was a great old run. Hey Sam, what was your time? Mine was uh, six point five, whatever that means. Mine was um, well, we were running um, uh, we were running just five meters, uh, so I don't know why it took you uh, six seconds. Uh, to get to five meters, uh, it quarantine, took me one second. Quarantine, weight. I, everybody, I am currently about. Let me step on the scale. Two hundred and fifty pounds. Uh, so there's a lot of flub to run with. But uh, we uh, every morning. Wait, say your weight again. Uh, two hundred and fifty pounds. That's pretty good. Yeah, but that for me, I'm a you know I'm about five six. Uh, I'm a very you used short to be man. a pretty um. I have a question. This is a slightly off topic. And were you self-conscious about your weight as a kid? Not as a kid. I loved, I loved, I love myself <laughs> as uh, a certain Haley uh, Stein, Steinfeld, Seinfeld. Do you relate with that song because? I love my Dave. No, I just. Because of. I just liked of, it because. Uh, uh, no, I just liked it because it was catchy. Like, hey, I love myself. Mm. Oh. I love myself, and then I, I like I, it. I like it more now that you're singing that song. By the uh, by the way, so yes, we uh, every morning Sam and I uh, we run to the uh, to the studio or to where we need to record um, to kind of you know uh, get our brains and muscles and uh, if you like, if you want to check out if you want to check out our daily routine, go to our Patreon page and uh, look at the video that we made. Yeah. Of- what every morning is like for us. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Very much so. We should update that because of uh, the quarantine, Bob. You know, it's interesting. We uh, started off, when this started off, we did, like, quarantine edition week one. I think we're on week 14, yeah. maybe 15. That's true. And we haven't given yeah. our top three movies that we would, would, we would recommend. Um, I mean... We just gave movies. I don't have, like, the top three movies. I, I feel like the top movies are probably the ones that I did in the first one. Um, although we can talk about films that we've seen, but we'll save that for the end. Yes. Um, but, yes, I am Zachary Ferguson of Two Thumbs Undecided, and uh, this charming young man is... Uh, what's your name again? I, I thought I was Zach, but I guess I'll take the other name uh, if we're going to take names out of a hat i'll be uh what's this one left um uh, sam ferguson so i'm sam ferguson no relation you can call me no relation um yeah and uh two thumbs undecided two to you um it's been a crazy week for, this for a lot kid. of reasons for me i won't get into why but it's been uh, a lot of things have happened uh, um but this uh, this show is a source of therapy because yeah. therapy is expensive. Um, um, I will say. I also started. Oh, I, I mean, for I also, me, I, I'm I'm quite. The only thing is, is uh, you know, how do you know when you start to go insane? Because I've been in the same <laughs> same room. Uh, because in my house it's four levels. Uh, the third floor is barely inhabited because it's just me, and I'm in this little blue box. Um, that's very calm. Smells nice. I get to eat my food and work on my projects, and then when you go below, um, it's every it's like the chaos is down there because I live with three other roommates who, two of them do not have a nine to five, and hmm. um, so it's like it's like different levels 
Uh, but like, it's a very interesting place to live during the quarantine. Um, though I will different say, different levels, different levels. You and I know, bitch, be humble, bitch, Ooh. sit down. Ooh, oh, that's from the. I mean, I'll censor myself, but I was just quoting the great lyricist. You didn't though. Uh, Kendrick Lamar. Okay, well, that's from the song "Humble." Is 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 the word? And I'm only saying this just because it, I have to say the word. Is the bit is is bitch ever good to say? I don't know. I mean, you can get into you don't to know. misogyny and you can get into misogyny and rap. And I, I can I tell you a story? But I also think wait, can I tell you a story of maybe uh, it's... somebody I know who their understanding of that word got them into trouble, and for some reason they didn't understand. So somebody I knew came to Pittsburgh and he he was like new he came he came from Ohio and he was new in Pittsburgh and he likes to hit up the bars and he's telling me the story about how he went to this bar and he was talking to this girl and this guy and um and they're really getting chatty and really like getting along and then for some reason in his head he thought it would be good to say like to this girl he's like wow you know you really have a like like kind of like a bitchy face oh my god and I and he's telling this to me as if that's and then he's like, "Who is this?" I'm not gonna say um, on air because it's it, it it's really dumb. I think I know who it is. I, well, I'll tell you later. But um, like the girl obviously gets angry um, at him and like like what the hell did you, and the guy is like, "What the hell did you just say to my girlfriend?" He's girlfriend. like, "What? What? That's something. Somebody, <laughs> that's what people say." And he's telling this story to me like he's the one who's right. And I was, I was just like, uh, you know, some people don't, they, they have a strange thought on the world. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, to kids who are out there who, you know, think our podcast is edgy and that's why they're listening to them. Whatever you do, never, ever, 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 for whatever reason, with whoever you're with, wherever you go, whenever you're doing it, never call a woman a bitch, you know. You can call a man a bitch, I think, because yeah, I think you can definitely do that. Uh, like, oh, like the the Michael Scott thing where it's just like hug it out, bitch, which is actually from Entourage, which is a horrible really? kind of misogynistic show, anyway. So that's um, my that's but yeah, uh, that's our PSA. Zach's uh, um, weekly uh, uh, Zant. Zach's hmm. Zach's Z uh, Zeekly Zant. But speaking of rants, um, a lot of people say that news uh, is a lot more rants today than actual news. But mm. here at 2-2-U, we like to keep the news to on you. to you. We, we like to curate it to you. Um, but we like to keep it factual. But we also sometimes go on rants. So let's get into our topic about news. Um, which today... Uh, or at least this week, I feel like a few things have happened. Spit um, it at me. First things first, I would like to wish, because I know he's an avid listener of this radio show. He's called in many a times and said, hey, I love you guys. Uh, it's P.T. Anderson's, oh. no, it's P.T. Anderson's birthday today. When did he, I thought, he turns did he do one time? 50. I think he called in one time, maybe. Wait, when did he call in? Did Anyways, he, did uh, he call sorry, into the show? I don't think he. I don't think he has, but he is an avid listener. So uh, go on. With He's your called bad me self. personally, is what I was saying. Mm. Um, 
But P.T. Anderson's 50th birthday, happy birthday. Check out his films. I would recommend Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is probably my favorite of his, so I would definitely recommend that. And I love explaining Boogie Nights to people um, because they're like, what's Boogie Nights about, Unky Zacky? And I'm like, well, old man, um, Boogie Nights is about the porn industry, and it's about a guy who has a big old, uh, well, should I just say it? Uh, it. Big old dick penis dong. Um, Anyways. And it's Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) I think you should do the polarity. I think you should start with Boogie Nights and then watch Phantom Thread and try to connect the two. Oh, like um, a thread. I've never seen exactly. Here's the thing. I've never seen uh, Phantom. I've There's two movies I have not seen. Well, technically, I guess three. But I haven't seen Phantom Thread and I haven't seen Coffee and Cigarettes, which is the movie that like got like his short film. <laughs> and then I haven't seen Sydney or to, uh, to the Heart layman, Hard Eight. Uh, I've seen Hard Eight. I started watching. Um, it's Hard Eight good. It's cheap. It's it's a first film. It's not his. It's not a good first. I film. love seeing like, a young Philip Seymour Hoffman. I mean, not sorry. Well, yeah, but he's but actually in it. sorry. No, I love seeing a young Seymour Philip Seymour Hoffman. No, but I love seeing a, a young John C. Riley because when you think of John C. Riley, he's basically turned into. I mean, he he's like a Leslie, a Leslie Nelson or Leslie Neeson. But, like, before he became an old man. Meaning he, like, did all these serious roles. And then he met Tim Heidecker and Eric Wareheim. And now he's, like, a comedian. Well, actually, I guess it's Talligated Nights is what got him into our viewpoint. Actually, you know, I'm going to look that up. If he was Steve Brule before Talligated Nights. But anyways, um, the other bit of news, Boots Riley who is famous for being the director and writer for Sorry to Bother You, um, has come out with a new um, movie. Or he's going to be he's going to be shooting... Uh, oh, sorry, it's not a movie. It's actually a series. Um, and it's uh, Gerald Jerome, who, if you don't know who Gerald Jerome is, he won the Emmy for um, his performance... Or not the Emmy, sorry. I think it's the Golden Globes for his performance in um, uh, When They See Us. Um, and he was also in Moonlight, one of the greatest young actors of our generation. Uh, and his new movie is called, I, or his new series. What is that sound? Uh, that's just my uh, heart monitor. Just making sure oh, okay. my heart's you know, on regular. Let me um, unmute that. He has a new series called I'm a Virgo, um, where Jerome Jerome plays a 13-foot tall black man who lives in oakland what what is it what it'll is it be, called it's called i'm a virgo um it'll be dark absurd hilarious and important um and if you haven't seen sorry to bother you there's really no other way to describe his type of filmmaking i haven't it's, it's, yeah i haven't he's seen an, i haven't seen you should uh, see sorry to bother you it's so interesting i haven't seen that yet um it's very unique, I think. Um, and what's also interesting, I got into a discussion with someone who was talking about how, um, uh, like the, like when Black KK Klansman came out, um, there was all this talk about how Spike Spike Lee was like pro cops, right? Because the film was kind of a, from the point of view of cops, 
but then sorry to bother you uh it's kind of in a way a little bit of a reverse where it's about like the people being repressed kind of rising up, up against an institution and um Boots Riley like called out Spike Lee for it, and now it's kind of like this battle—not a battle. I know media likes to exacerbate things, but it's like a little bit of a uh, you know they're te- they're have two different viewpoints on things, um, but they are also the most prominent, uh, not just black directors, but um, kind of absurdist black directors, like directors who um, their their movies aren't really too serious a little bit fantastical um but yeah so i'm really excited for this um well in my news that i uh that i have is uh i gotta notice that um the adult that was just me clearing my voice uh but uh the adult swim con uh which takes place in la is going to be free and virtual come july 23rd to 25th um, I've always wanted to go to the Adult Swim Con because it's Adult Swim is I just love the the, the the chaotic humor of a lot of their shows, and they show a lot of like first reveals and cartoons of theirs and like and and interviews of that stuff. Uh, but it's always in L.A. and it's money, and I never have enough days off to do that. So it's gonna be free. Online, July uh, 23rd through the 25th. So just sign on. And I think I, I was looking at this. I think Comic-Con, everything's virtual now. So it, I feel like everything's so much more easier to join. So I may be able to go to Comic-Con uh, for the first time ever. Yeah, that is one thing that I think is maybe happening in the media world is because of quarantine is things are becoming a little bit more democratic. Oh, there's not as much of a paywall yeah. to see things. Um, um, in other news too, uh, I believe Tenet, the, yeah, uh, that was Chris- my other news. Yeah. Got Tenet. pushed back to December, mm-hmm. I think. No, not December. I saw it's been delayed to August 12th. It was going to come out oh. next month sometime. Or actually, I think it was coming out maybe this, it was, it was going to come, but like, uh, it's going to be mid August, which is kind of when things are starting to not open. We'll see. Of course the, the numbers are rising again, but, um, August is, I know school's, some schools are going to come back. So kids yeah. want uh, when schools are open, kids want to have things to do on the weekend, like watch tennis. I feel like that that movie is like the big... Uh, the one movie porn. that people are... It's like the one movie you're like, we have to see it in theaters. It's just like theaters um, are like this. This is why theaters... Though I've said it, I think, on the last podcast, but I yeah, I'm excited for not having to sit by anybody because I hate hearing people talk or look at their cell phones right next to me it's annoying ruins the theater Mm -hmm. experience that's why i hate going to the theater so this Mm -hmm. this is gonna you know and also like people who are those idiots who don't want to wear masks um in places that's going to deter them so the idiot ratio hopefully will be lessened and also concerning the masks, my last bit of news Mask. is AMC uh, reversed their decision mm. and, and now is having people wear masks. Nice. They've done the old flip-flop. Uh, uh, this actually, is a I good think, flop, I think, you know, yeah. even though it's it shows that they're not, you know, truly solid on one thing. But this is a good flop. 
Um, speaking of flops, unless you have anything else, I, the news I got I got nothing. But if I do, we'll, I'll, I'll speak um, speaking of nothing, uh, back in the seventies, you know what? Where there was nothing, there was no there was there was no internet. There was no internet, or at least <laughs> there was no the you know look upable i think there maybe i think the 80s had like really really like I, I, for me whenever i think of computers i always think of the library like that was like maybe the first place with open computers um i remember all the way back in elementary school we had those really like you know matrixy like alien like the old timey computers where it's like beep 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 boop you know? Oh yeah. Because you had it because I actually do remember that. Computers were the uh, were the way to look up your um Dewey decimal system. Of yeah, like, but like it was like the old computers. Yeah, you had to look and, up the card. You had a card that had the number. Like say I wanted to look up like Tom Sawyer two more racist than ever. And then I would have to look up the barcode and type that in and then it would go beep 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 beep. Tom Sawyer yeah. two racist than ever what if they <laughs> came up with that book I think and that... it was like and it was it was written by like i don't know many book writers right now but that would be funny if they unearthed that that there was supposedly a tom story too you know here's something um, here's something i just oh. realized you know how like All people right, make go ahead sorry i just uh, i was just thinking of something you know how people like make sequel like so like jaws steven spielberg never made a sequel to jaws but everybody else made sequels why can't other people write sequels to books? Isn't that strange? Like, I'm say sure I want to. Well, well, you don't think they haven't? Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to. Th- I mean, they're called fan fictions. Um, but like, say I'm like, oh, I want to write a sequel to uh, Stephen King's Salem Lot and call it Lottier Than Ever, you know, <laughs> or like Salem Lot Two, more racist than ever. Like, that's my. Um, and it's like by Zach Ferguson. Anyways, this has nothing to do. You can do that, Zach. You, Thank you. you should start doing it. Um, but that has nothing to do with our conversation for today. Oh, sorry. Today I we your are transition. talking about. Today we are talking about. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to transition anymore. Today we are talking about um, two very important internet databases in regards to uh, movies and how they compare, how they contrast their history. Um, it is we're gonna be talking about IMDB and Litterboxed. Um and I wanna start by saying that I think it's important to talk about these because as more and more things move to st- streaming services, um, I think a lot of people would just very quickly go on a streaming service and then have their um what's it called? their what they're watching their their choice movie dictated by that streaming service but that streaming service only has like two percent one percent of the movies out there um so i think it's very important to have website like these because it's able to talk about all movies all across the board um and they're important in different ways um do you want me to get into the the history of them, Zach, or do you have something? To well, say? yeah, no, I'm just um, thinking that. So, Letterbox is kind of a newer. I would not rank 
letterbox as as um familiar as imdb imdb is kind of a pun or is like a joke among actors where if you want to look up somebody's history like all their stuff you look it up on imdb and i also think the interface on imdb is easier but um uh imdb you know anybody can do uh can make their own imdb mm-hmm yeah, I, I made one. I made one myself, and then unfortunately, no, somebody made not. I didn't make it. Somebody made it for me, and it has mm-hmm. a lot of my kind of not my own student films, but student films that I was in. And then I have a other one where, uh, like, is my more professional stuff. So now I have two INDBs, and I hope if ever if there's ever a day where I become more known, I hope they can smash them together. Yeah, well, I, I think you know you made it. Well, maybe not made it, but I think you know it's always better to have someone else, else do it for you. Uh, making your IMDb yeah, for you. Yeah, ma- if you make it yourself, that's that's kind of. But um, but yeah, I mean, I made it myself, but I also haven't. I completely forgot about it. Um, but here's a little bit of the history um around it. Um, so IMDb um means Internet Movie Database, um, and it actually it's actually older than the world wide web um like it 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 was established in october 17th 1990 um but it actually existed earlier it was founded by this guy cole neat uh needham needham um in in bristol's england and originally it was just his collection that he made in the 80s of uh, a bunch of movies um that he had um but originally but then he uploaded this in the 1990 to the USE net, which was the precursor to the World Wide Web. Um, and then eventually it moved over uh, to the World Wide Web. Um, and it got incorporated in 1996. It was actually bought by Amazon. I didn't even know this. It's it's owned by Amazon. Um, it was owned, it was bought by Amazon in 1998. Um, but Amazon keeps it fairly autonomous. Like Amazon really doesn't have much control over uh, their business practices. Um, and continuing on, it was an introduced IMDb Pro in 2002, which is more for business professionals to find emails and to find ways to contact people. Um, it bought both uh, Box Office Mojo, uh, which is a box office website and it also bought without a box that, yeah that's that's which, how you would you would know um how much somebody was making or how much a movie was making yeah um, which is good for you know the producers or people trying to figure out how much because that that's a very i think that's uh, imdb isn't really known for that kind of stuff also uh by the way we may be having a special guest uh come on just for a second or so uh here he what? is um Hello, hello, sir. Ah, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, what what are you called these days? Babylo. What was your name? Fronald. Thank you, Fronald. Sorry, that was uh, that's uh, my. Uh, uh, he's a he's a friend. He's a he's he's an on again off again butler, but we butler each other, so it's kind of his a, name is Fronald. Yes, Fronald. With an F. Yes. Interesting. Anyway, um, he, he, he brought uh, my food that I got from Uber Eats. So thank you, cool. Fronald. Fronald's an intern. Um, 
in my but house. uh so he bought um they bought box office mojo and then they also bought without a box which is a way to submit films to film festivals um they bought both of those in 2008 um and they also started recently they started their own streaming service which i i've heard not that much about i feel like everyone has a streaming service these days um isn't that crazy and because you know it's uh, sorry to interject once again but imdb like everybody has original content i remember the only mm-hmm. original content that i saw of imdb's was some cartoon that they released in halloween about it like it just doesn't make sense and like i feel like imdb is now getting into that territory cuz imdb is ubiquitous with film like everyone knows about imdb there's been offshoots of imdb why are you smiling nothing it's just once again i was thinking wait we shouldn't be talking about IMDb and Letterbox. Nobody knows about Letterbox. We should be talking about IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. No, I disagree. What? Because Ron, well, the, I, I, I personally use Letterbox and um, Rotten I didn't Tomatoes, use it first until off, we already did yesterday. A, we did an episode we did. on Rotten Tomatoes, but Rotten Tomatoes, I think more so, it's it's more of a comparison. Letterbox is kind of both Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb combined. Um, and we'll get to Letterboxd in a second, because that is fairly newer. But I personally only use IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes, or IMDb and Letterbox. I never really go on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Me neither. I, I, it, I only, the only time I ever use uh, Rotten Tomatoes is they do, I think their interface for lists are better. Um, because you know I love really? list. I think they're yeah. It, it just it seems more professional looking. Their some of their lists. Well, IMDb. I know they have the top two hundred and fifty, but if you look. Oh, up, I'm saying compared to, what about Letterboxed? Uh, I haven't seen their lists, but I well, like Letterboxd is the best with lists. Well, the thing about uh, Letterboxd that I do f- is um, it shows what movies I've seen and my rating. I know you can do that on IMDb, but Letterboxd for some reason, uh, I once again, it's the inner. I think it's it looks better. Well, we'll get into that in a second. We'll we'll transition to Letterboxd. I have one last thing to say about IMDb, is there was uh, one of the biggest issues with Letterboxd or sorry, with IMDb, is its privacy concerns. Mm. Um, Because there's an article by the Wall Street Journal that talks about how many times they have information that actors do not know how they got that information, or they list information that is wrong. Um, Like, for instance, there is, in the article, talked about uh, an actress, Amy Weber, commented saying, why does anyone need to know my bra size? And IMDb has her bra size, but it's also not the correct bra size. What? So it's like, one, why are you showing people bra sizes on IMDb? And two, like, there's there's a lot of misinformation. And I'm not saying, like, it's all misinformation, but IMDb really, uh, there's a lot of, like, some even the true stuff, like, the article goes on to talk about how... um, People always, I mean, people are, are lying about their age as an actress because, or an actor or an actress, but especially with actresses, because people don't want to hire people. Women, unfortunately, they're less hireable when they get older. 
Um, so people are lying about their age, and you could be made to look 30, but people can very quickly look up information of how old you actually are. And there you go, you lost a role because IMDb is telling this information. So things that used to be easier to hide, it's now impossible to hide because people can know exactly where you were born, exactly your age, and there's all this privacy stuff, and people don't even know how they got this information. So that's the issue with IMDb. Not an, well, that, that always is a thing that I uh, think is interesting is people do hide their age. Like actors hate how old they are. I mean, if they're yeah. not, if they're, if I mean, they're it's over, understandable. if they're over 30, you know, that's, it's like, you're done. But, um, well, I always, I always find done. it, well, not, th- no, in their own head, they think they're like, yeah, old. but especially women, especially I mean, women, women. It's just, well, it's I, I don't, I, well, I guess I don't know about that. But age is, age always a t- is a touchy subject unless maybe you're, you, you're portrayed as a, as an old person, like I imagine, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. If you asked the guy who played Dumbledore, he'd probably be like, "I don't." Yeah, care. but I'm saying with women specifically, Betty White, and maybe it's care. getting better. Yeah, but there are some extreme uh, instances. That's the thing, like Betty, Betty White. White Betty White is know her the most extreme. Woman. She's the most extreme example because there's no one else like Betty White. But as soon as you hit an age as a woman, you start playing moms you start playing uh, grandmas you start playing the old lady you're not a people i mean i I have i don't i do not want to talk about this because i am not or at least personally i have nowhere to talk about this because i am not a woman so i don't know true but anyways but that's why people wouldn't want their age being spread but now let's talk about letterboxd which is slightly different and i only just recently got into letterboxd but it's been around since 2012 um it was originally founded in 2011 but it was just a beta like no one was really using it um but then um and the co-founder is matthew buchanan and carl von uh, rando rando um and it was launched as not a beta as like a public website and April of 2012. So it's been around for a little bit. And I imagine a lot of people don't know about it. Um, but essentially, it's a um, social media for films. That's kind of its calling card. Um, anything you can think of with social media, that's uh, that's what this is trying to be like. And it, it's much more modern than IMDb. IMDb does have kind of an old structure to it um Mm -hmm. while letterboxd is much more democratic and there's actually a there was an interesting article um where well i actually don't know where this is from but someone was interviewing um uh robert patterson and he said um robert patterson was saying your dvd collection used to be a status symbol like a cd collection having cool movies on your shelf was a whole thing and it seems to have completely disappeared like, no one is going to scroll through your bot stuff on iTunes. And then the interviewer said, I guess there's Letterboxd. And then Robert Patterson laughs and he says, I don't really know what Letterboxd is. <laughs> and that kind of goes to show you that it's still kind of a new thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it. and also here's another weird thing is, uh, and people complain about this, is that uh, some people, like some of the stuff that's on people's INDBs or Letterboxd, is not stuff that 
is theirs or like even like so like when you do a like I'm trying to the one example is the Rousseau brothers. Uh, I was watching um their one of their like a GQ interview of theirs and I guess their first movie that they ever directed is not their movie. It's called like Pieces. Um and that was not I guess their or a movie that they made is not theirs. And mm-hmm. they want they're like so that's on Letterboxd. It says that that's their movie. Well, it's on IMDb. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's probably on Letterboxd as well. Let me look it up. But I remember when we were interviewing Eileen Lee, and I said oh. her first movie was the the movie for or it was Superman two or Superman three. And I, I said that was the first movie. It was like a remastered version. She was like, no! and she was, she was like, that's not my first movie. You and it was because idiot. rightly, rightly so, because I was wrong. But I'm be listed it as her first movie because the movie came out in the '80s, but the remastered didn't come out until like the 2000s. So that's but why like IMDb I'm... listed. So there are th- like with IMDb, there are definitely issues with lists and like organizing some of the stuff um something i also don't i guess like you said uh imdb owns box office mojo um mm -hmm. i always wonder where they get these facts uh like there's always you know how they say like there's this one guy who edits and writes up like two-thirds of wikipedia Mm -hmm. um i wonder who does the the searching and the research well, for IMDb. I don't think. I mean, it's all I user based. A, yeah, but the thing is, is there are. It's not exactly like Wikipedia, although Wikipedia. See, the thing with Wikipedia is like Wikipedia. although people <laughs> can go in and edit it, uh-huh. it's not everyone can edit it, and there's also a team of people constantly proofreading. I was about to say so you can only you can only edit it because I can't edit. You can only edit it if you've like created articles before. Well, here's the um, here's the little factoid for like the history thing. I I remember in high school, sometimes I would spend like I I thought it would be so hilarious to go into Wikipedia and like change little things on like people I did like Justin Bieber. I remember I changed like a thing to like he was a dinosaur riding cowboy who killed the Pope. Like stuff like that, and then within uh, something probably funnier than that, but um, within seconds, like we would refresh the page after like five minutes, it would it would like redo itself, like it would reconstitute itself mm-hmm. back to its original form. And I remember all the time teachers would say you can't use Wikipedia to cite your stuff, but I gotta tell you, Wikipedia was always so factual. It's like a lie detector test. We know that they are good but because like apparently you can sometimes outdo it they're in well, they're I irrefutable it's it's like for just finding like if you're just by yourself and you want to look up information wikipedia and imdb are perfect but you can't cite it like imagine doing that during an argument you so can't cite it no you'd be like like oh well this guy is bad because he exploded this dam that killed a bunch of people and like where did you find that and then you you have to kind of hang your head and be like Wikipedia, <laughs> but and then you I, I look think like a go, going back to Letterboxd and IMDb, the reason I still use IMDb 
is IMDb is the best for finding information about things. Like Letterboxd, it'll give you the names of all the positions and things, but you click their name and all it, it brings you to a page in which it just shows you all the other movies that they've worked on. It's not in chronological order. There's no other information about it. It doesn't say what year the thing. It just shows you the posters of those movies because since it's social, it's a social media page, it's much more about the visual and keeping thing as, you know, minimal as possible. So you can just click and like do all these things. But IMDb, it shows you everything. And as soon as you click on a name, it shows you this whole entire page shows up. And I'd say for all the issues that it has with information, I'd say most of the time, like 95% of the time, maybe even higher, it's correct. Um, so that's why I use IMDb. But um, with Letterboxd, it's interesting because Letterboxd, people are saying Letterboxd is more reliable than Rotten Tomatoes because Letterboxd, it's much more democratic. Everyone can make a review. Everyone, regardless of if you're a critic, if you're not a critic, and it takes into consideration everything. Um, so it's much better at making reviews of like logging what you've watched, um, talking about the movies that you've watched, being much more interactive. Um, and that's why I've been using it. Uh, the two thumbs undecided letterboxed. Um, it's, it's much easier to spread your opinions about these films and making lists as well. Um, yeah, IMDb. So the only complaint I have about, like, I love looking up the, like the discography and you really can stumble the filmography. Yes. Filmography. What did I say? You said discography. I, well, you miss her. I well. Oh, you know what? We the good thing is this is recorded. But yes, the filmography. All right. Well. Um. Well, in a way. Uh, did I? Well, you know what? Uh, DVDs are a thing. So uh, in a way. Uh, okay. Fine. <laughs> I said discography. <laughs> oh. Anyway, after that explosion of emotions. Um. So I love looking at people's filmography and kind of go, "Ooh, this person's there." Oh my goodness! Uh, you can be such a annoying know-it-all by looking at IMDb's like pages, because I love seeing like, wow, wait, this person was in that TV show, or like, whoa, uh, like once again to bring up Columbo, I look at a Columbo episode and I go, holy smokes, like. Karen Allen is in that, or oh wow, Martin Sheen's in this. What the heck? Um, but the only thing about IMDb that I, for some reason, they changed recently is the the uh, the front page. You notice this, Sam? Do you see it? Did you see it? It was it was so it looked so much more it looked so better before. Something about oh it. yeah, and now now it looks it looks muddled. And I can't. It doesn't look like I can click anything. Like it, it, it had yeah. such an organized look to it. Well, you can tell that IMDb, like big production companies, realize that they can buy ads on IMDb, and it's just become too incorporated. IMDb, like there's just like I open it now, and now there's just all these ads for movies that. Well, it just. I've I like, there. It's not. It doesn't talk about indie films it doesn't talk about it's all ads for major production company films and with social and with letterboxd you open it up 
granted letterboxd you and open it up and there's an ad for uh defy bloods but it's not even an ad it's just a photo and that's just like what's up top and like if you there's nothing to click it's just a photo but you know um, what? maybe maybe i haven't tried it out maybe it is kind of the same it's just i don't like their dark before it was kind of a lighter it looked you know it now it has this dark background and it feels like i'm falling into it the uh, like the void with some of the like from these movies but i guess it looks kind of the same i mean it's the same kind of thing um also slightly side note and i realized this from imdb um the alan De- devoe i think is his last name um he uh is the cinematographer for cinematographer for Spielberg's um ET for Empire of the Sun for Color of Purple um he's a great cinematographer and he actually recently passed away like 2 months ago Jeez. from covid um yeah and I didn't know that cuz there was a thing um Eyes on Cinema it's like a social media just in like film thing they posted a video of like all of these shots mm. of like Spielberg shots. And so I wanted to like find all the people or like all the DPs who actually got the shot. And um, I found that he died um, from COVID, um, which is really sad. Is sad. But stuff like that, you can't really use Letterboxd for. Like Letterboxd is not made for finding out that kind of information. It's more of just kind of, it's more of just like a way to collect uh things of collect like these are these people's movies this is my list of movies i need to watch um they also both have both imdb and letterboxd have watch lists but i prefer the imdb's just because it i just know it's like it's easier to find out everything about it there what is it with your the like what much watch list what? yeah like the movies that i need to watch oh yes um, yes Though on IMDb, it keeps telling me all the movies from like last year, like say, um, like The Joker, and such like that. No, I'm talking about movies that like a list that I create. Oh. Like you can create a watch list on IMDb. See, I like, I like, uh, well, actually, you know what? I have not seen, um, what is it called? I have not seen that. I have not used that on Letterboxd, so never mind. But it's also like lists in general on Letterboxd are way more easier to spread. Um, like they make it much more like you could comment on lists. You can um, it's it's just much more user friendly to add things. Um, and I think that's another thing that definitely leaps and bounds like letterbox is so much better at lists than imdb imdb lists are like nine best cinematographers and like who put that together like it doesn't say who put that together it's it's just but then in letterbox it's completely personalized it's a little bit more like social media where it's like you can well it is social media where you can just kind of make up whatever genre you want and it's i don't know it's more interesting um yeah, one I, last uh, one last thing about Letterboxd, because I said one thing bad about IMDb. Yes, please do. Um, one thing bad about Letterboxd is kind of you can't really avoid it with any kind of social media. Um, but, you know, there's a very wide opinion of thoughts um, 
with movies and you see things like with the new 826 film or the the thing that Dave Chappelle made mm. there was like this comment that was just going in on like why black lives matter is stupid and blah blah so it's it is like social media in that sense where there's arguments in letterboxd about things um kind of like twitter and um there's a article um let me pull it up from IndieWire. oh shit did i lose it oh no i think i lost it oh no what the Right, oh, no, I'm gonna I found have to it. fill this though. No, no, I found it. Um, there's an article from IndieWire where um, they removed Letterbox removed an Inglorious Bastards review, in which it said, "I wish they could bring the Inglorious Bastards back so they could kill like the Nazis today." And I mean, I get why they removed it because like any like you know claims of killing anyone is never really great yeah um nazis but like but it's i I, uh, I think that's so they removed it they removed it well i think i guess inciting violence because yeah no i I mean i i agree Nazis being but they said um Letterbox said, uh, yesterday our moderators removed a member's review of the film inglorious bastards when asked why on twitter we responded badly um, we fucked up and we're genuinely sorry. We're especially sorry that our reply uh, caused some of you to feel unsafe on Letterboxd. Um, I guess I could read the review that they responded, but it's it's like with any social media, you have to be conscious. It's like now, like how much of a moderator are you going to be on information? Um, um, an idea, uh, so on that, an episode we should do is- like soon is an episode on censorship. Um, mm. I think that would be a great Ooh-hoo. episode. That's because, that's deep. I mean, that's a well that that could definitely last conversation. A yeah, um, I definitely have some opinions on that. Yeah, but I mean, um, that's fairly complicated. I think, but certainly. Yeah. I mean, well, that that's another reason why it would be a good conversation because I personally don't think. It's uh, complicated, but once again, you can convince me otherwise, like you have in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it I have for those two. So our recommendation so is check out IMDb and check out Letterbox. I highly suggest yeah. Letterbox. This is my final uh, two cents. I recommend Letterbox for archiving the movies you've seen because I got to tell you, after I watch a uh, a movie. Um, I like to kind of remember, like, which movies, like, I watch a few movies, and then I forget that I watch it because I'm too busy doing other stuff. Sometimes they say that's the sign of a bad movie, but, like, I forgot that I watched this movie, uh, Grand Prix, a few uh, weeks ago, and I put that on my letterbox, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a fun movie. Um, I'd also say and then IMDb use letterbo- for good for Oh, film. go ahead. Go and ahead. then use IMDb for filmography. Yeah, I'd say use Letterboxd to find new films. Like, you can follow people on Letterboxd, and if you like what they're liking, if they give something a five stars, it'll be like, oh. Or if you follow their lists or whatever, you can... It's better to find new movies that are not curated for you. Um, It's a little bit more, like... Or not automatic, like, electronically 
AI curated for you. It's a little bit more personal. Um, and then IMDb, yeah, it's just best for finding information about things. Um, but yeah, so, uh, want to transition to films that we've seen? Yes. Um, so I'll just say mine. Um, I, yeah, I have not been really watching movies recently. I've, I, I, it's, it stinks. I know that's once again, that's kind of our job. I've been watching a lot of TV, um, like TV shows. Well, I know like, yeah, I, uh, but I, I've been doing a lot of reruns. Um, a show that, okay, the show that, and this is kind of a, I'm just saying what I've been watching recently is um, I've been kind of getting a little bit into the the show Futurama. Um, I remember not liking it as a kid, teenager, and then even as a young man, which I guess I, I am as still. Um, but I've been watching it recently, and it's a pretty smart show with some funny gags. Nothing to the degree of, I would say, the old Simpsons, but only just because Futurama, I think by that point, their art style, they, they the thing about Futurama is they started off with with digital, digitally made um, like animation, so it looks really, really fresh. Well, the Simpsons I will always love because it has this kind of grainy, not grainy, but this very limited animation, not... It it just it looked less limited than say cartoons today. Yeah, it's, and it's like hand drawn. It's well, it's it's hand drawn, and also like if a character doesn't need to do anything, this is they'll I just love stand this. There. They'll just stand there and then ever so often blink, and I love that ex- expressionless thing of like they're just kind of they did that with like SpongeBob, where well, Patrick will just the... stand there and look like an idiot. Futurama did the same thing. Well, I mean, like they, it's the same creators. It's the same creators, but they're I've I've watched the like the first season, and then I watched a little bit from like the tenth season, and their art really does not look that different. And and of course, if you look at like say season three or four of The Simpsons and look at it today, it's radically different mm-hmm. uh, well, because it's yeah. it's thirty years of animation, but yeah. Um, Futurama was on for 10 years. Uh, actually, yeah, 10, 13 years. But, um, yeah, no, I think uh, Futurama is it's good to rewatch. Uh, but uh, my, one of my roommates has been showing me some anime um, and something I found very funny recently. I guess he's showing me good anime. One of them is called Kill a Kill. Uh, it's pretty dumb. It's not for everybody, but uh, it's got some cartoonishness. But uh, I have several movies on my I, uh, on my Criterion collection, and I think the movie that I'm most interested to watch right now is uh, Homicide by David Mamet and uh, this movie called The Blood of Jesus, which is like one of the first African-American directed movies. How old is it? When is it from? Uh, nineteen forty-one. Oh wow! What is it called again? It's called Last... the Blood of Jesus. Blood of Jesus. And it, it, I think it's commonly remembered today as Andy on. Oh oh uh, so I think there was a thing called uh, there was a radio show called Amos Amos and Andy, which was like a very racist. Yes. Um, r- it was racist because it was two white guys doing, a like a black man's voice 
Yeah. Um, but there was a TV show, and it's I think the guy who was one of the Amos and Andy on the TV show was is the director Spencer Williams. So, um, wait, Amos and Andy is, is but it, you said it was the first black director. Not the first. No, it's just it's a it's a it's one of the first like movies by a black director who. Um, but you said Amos and Andy are white people. How are no on the radio show? On the radio. Oh yeah. So okay. So there was a radio show that was uh, the voices were very like minstrel, like you know, doing yeah. it, like making fun of it almost. And then there was a yes. TV show in the fifties called Amos and Andy, and one of the the Andy Spencer Williams um, directed a movie in the nineteen forties. In the 19, 1941, called The Blood of Jesus, and it's recorded as like one of the first. He was like one of the first ju- uh, black directors. Who I'm still confused because I thought Amos, aren't they white? Amos and Andy, how are they? No, they are. They a- Amos and Andy are black guys, but okay. the radio show, and I said this so clearly before, the the radio show is by is because it's a radio show and you don't see their faces, Sam. It was by two uh... white guys. Who did, like the the making fun of up like very made it like, yes. you know racist. Yes. Um, okay. And then there was a TV show in the 1950s that had, uh, black fellows and one of the guys Spencer Williams in 1940 directed this movie called The Blood of Jesus, which was one of the first commercially successful movies directed by a black man. Okay. Um, my film that I watched, uh, I also haven't really been watching too many movies this week, um, cause I've been working nights and I normally walk, um, like to go for a walk. I normally w- walk or I normally watch movies on, at nighttime. Um, but the movie I saw, um, is this short 30 minute film called Black Panthers by oh. Agnes Faraday. Oh, that's only 30 on, minutes. That's good to know. Yeah. It's really good. I saw it on the Criterion channel. Um, and it was really incredible because I, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm learning more and more about the Black Panthers through, um, Stuff You Should Know, which is a podcast I listen to, and just through this movie. Um, and I mean, it's like the history has depicted the Black Panther as this very deviant group of people, um, but they really aren't. And this, this movie is, very um compassionate towards the black panthers um and it interviews huey newton who was if you ever heard the phrase free huey um which was like kind of the black panthers chant like in the 68 they like wanted to free huey what's his name um huey newton um he was one of the leaders one of the co-founders of the black panthers and he was arrested for uh really with no evidence um that he killed a police officer, but there was no evidence. And they eventually did release him sometime, I think in 1970, because there was no evidence. Um, but, and the only people saying it was like the cops. Um, but, you know, so it's a very interesting depiction of a period in time that seems very, um, you know, connected with today. Um, and like they're saying things that are exactly what are being said now. Um, and, uh, I also watched, um, uh, the, um, Mont, 
what was the one film festival that had Janis Joplin, Montpellier? Oh, uh, uh, a Montreal Pop. No. Yes. That was it? Montreal, Montreal Pop. Montreal Pop? Yeah. Yeah, I started watching mm. that um, one day, and it was fun. Yeah, Pop. Um, yeah, Montreal Pop. I'm looking it up. By D.A. Uh, Penny Baker. Oh, yeah, he's a he's a icon. Yes. Um, but that was really cool because, I mean, it's also just interesting seeing, like, the dawn of, like, what we think of as, like, music venues, like, music concerts and things. Like, the 60s, that was the beginning of that, of, like, these these big uh, concert venues where all these musicians would come. But, like, people are just, like, there's, like, people sitting in seats. It's, like, not as, you know, there's not, like, a standing room. But it's like these people who we are just so iconic in rock history, Janis Joplin, Jefferson Airplanes. And it's just I I love history and I love music. So I was all over it. Um, the thing I yeah. love about that movie is um, at least at this, like at being a 26 year old and being to rock concerts. I'm starting all these times. Anytime I watch these old movies, I think about like these people are history, like these people who are going to these rock concerts. Like I think of them being from a different era. And then I see this Montreal pop and the way they're talking and the way they're dressed. I'm like, I'm like, hold on a second. I've seen like these people look exactly like the people I've seen at Bonnaroo, you know? Yeah. Like not a lot of people pull out their cell phones during you know concerts uh so it feels like i'm in the 1960s but instead of listening to janice joplin i'm listening to um you know sebastian and the stock paul mccartney no i'm trying to there's sebastian and stock but i'm listening to um geez i'm trying to think of a band i listen to i'm listening to vampire weekend that was a oh, band i watched nice uh, which I was not there for. I've yet to go to a major con. What are those called? Like the concert? Well, they're like Lollapalooza. Uh, I mean, it's a huge film festival. Which sadly, well, it's not a film festival. No, the concert. No, it's venue. a. It's a just. It's a music festival. But I will say, it's yeah, Bonnaroo, music festival. That's what but I. But I will say, sadly enough, Bonnaroo is canceled this year. But uh, uh, well, more the merrier to go next year. Yeah. Well. Anyways, that's it for today. Hopefully, next week we have. Um, some movie venue that we movie theater venue that we can talk to. Um, Sam's emailing uh, personal emails. I'm emailing like crazy. I'm gonna start emailing specific people. And I'm tracking um, down people on the street, which has not been successful. <laughs> all right. Well, anyways, Godspeed, everyone. Uh, Have a good uh, week. Yes. Uh, stay clean, Spider Man. Right. Bye. Bye.